from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk, Esquire in downtown Champaign, with you until 6 o'clock tonight. All the aforementioned people are here except Scott Ritchie, Gave it, him a day or two off, did His uh, doppelganger is filling in for him. Martin O'Donnell's walking to stage right now. So, yeah, Scott, Scott's off for a few days, and then he gets to go spend uh, the rest of his week in uh, San Francisco. Martin O'Donnell knows how to make an entrance, right on cue. How you doing, big fella? Never better. <laughs> Happy holidays to you. Same to you. We're going to talk some bowl football, whatever else might be on the minds. We, you know, many of our regular folks here at the Esquire, a few uh, missing in action types. The head table is is open for some late uh, arrivals if you'd like to take that. It's some big shoes to feel, fill, though, with Shorty Eichelberger. And Shorty and Hope. and Hope, our executive producer, who always uh, chimes in a question or two, but uh, I'm sure they'll be back here. Uh, the next show we do here, which will be the first Monday in January, because this is our last show at the Esquire in 2019, we will not be here next Monday. We'll be on the air, though, next Monday at this time with the uh, football game, the Red Box Bowl, out in Santa Clara, California. Martin O'Donnell is kind of fun having to uh, do some pregame prep in uh, the month of December, is it not? I could get used to this. <laughs> yeah, I could get used to it. Well, you did it uh, somewhat as a player and now as an analyst. Uh, how do you, what have you found out about Cal so far in your research? You know, I, I think it's a team that's pretty similar to Illinois. I mean, they're certainly led by their defense, uh, you know, really a run defense team. First and foremost, Evan Weaver, obviously. I mean, the guy's an All-American linebacker, so he's somebody that you have to be, you know, take account of uh, at all times. But, you know, offensively, uh, they have some talent there. Certainly the quarterback has missed a few games uh, here and there. But uh, I think it should be a pretty close game, and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing it a week from today. They had a, a, kind of a similar season. Their record is similar. They're 7-5, but they, they won their first four, lost four in a row, and then the quarterback was hurt during some of that time, mm -hmm. most of that time. When he came back, they ended up winning three of the last four, including the last two games on the road. Yeah, they did, and, and they beat Stanford, who obviously is a big rivalry game for them. They beat UCLA to end the season. So uh, I think, again, I think, I think there are two fairly evenly matched teams. I think this is a good uh, matchup for Illinois. There are some other potential ones out there that I wasn't as excited about, but I think Illinois-Cal uh, is a fun game. I mean, you know, I played against Cal two times in my career, once when I was redshirting and once out there uh, in Berkeley. So... Um, you know, two fairly similar institutions as well. Obviously, you know, really excellent academic institutions. Uh, and then, you know, the, the sports have kind of gone here and there. Bob, were you going to chime oh, I was in? Gonna, I thought I was going to. Oh, we, were, we were trying to non-verbally communicate about who was asking questions. We did it poorly. I uh, I'll go with this. 
the team this week getting ready for a ball you've done this before what's this late week like would you like to just be out there now or is it okay to have some time to see your family all that kind of stuff no i i think it's important to still do the holidays obviously okay. there's a lot of bowl prep that happens the, the difference being you know one thing that i realized is really when i got done playing the big 10 did not play any games past Thanksgiving. And right. so the bowl prep time was significantly longer. And so now with the Big Ten playing not only their last conference game, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, but then you have a Big Ten championship game, which didn't right. exist 11 years ago. Uh, it kind of put, it condenses things a little bit. Then you have the early signing period, all right. that. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's really important for these guys to have that Christmas at home. Okay. But again, they're leaving, the, I think, the 26th. Sure. And then flying out there, you're able to get a couple practices in. You're able to see the venue. I think that's really all that you need to do. Okay. And I think, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of mental preparation that happens. And from a physical perspective, guys are really cashed at the end of the regular season. Saying, and yeah, so there's, of course. I think, especially with Lovey Smith and kind of his approach to things, I think He's going to allow, you know, his team and especially this team the opportunity to get healthy as healthy as possible okay. to recharge. I think right now the physical reps are certainly less important than the mental reps, especially for the guys that are going to be playing in the bowl game. Okay, I talked to Vic Koning today, former Illinois coach, coach of the Vic. team, two of the others in eleven, a coach of the bowl, and uh, he said that week they had twelve practices before going there, and then do the rest of the work there. That seems like more than the current team is doing. Well, it's a lot more. And, again, I think I'm not sure exactly what year the the Thanksgiving rule changed, but certainly at the time that Vic was coaching, I don't think there was a Big Ten championship game in 2011. Definitely not. So things were pushed back a little bit, and there was a lot more time. And so young guys are still able to get some development. They're still able to get some more reps. Um, But it's just a different college football calendar than it was eight years ago. How much work did you do before the Rose Bowl? How much work? Yeah, how much practice was there here and then there? Too much. Too much. Really too much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of conditioning and things like that, but we certainly had a fair amount of practices here. And then we practiced for just – I think we flew out uh, Christmas evening, uh, Christmas afternoon, and we got there. And then we had at least three practices, I think, at the – at the stadium where the LA Galaxy played, but that was oh, right. that was a different experience. I mean, you're you're shuttling all over LA, and it's kind of inefficient travel right. in terms of that. But we had a lot of we had a lot of practice, and we had quite a bit of preparation. What are the the biggest distractions that the players face when they get out to a new city, new venue, everything that kind of comes with a, a bowl game at all? You know, I, I think anytime you go into a, a metropolitan area and you, and you have young eighteen to twenty two, twenty three year old young men. You know, the, the nightlife certainly can, can factor in. So I think it's a matter of really the, the, the senior leaders kind of keeping guys on track. And I think that kind of their compressed schedule will help that uh, quite a bit this time. But, again, it, it's something that really nobody on this team who's been here, other than the transfers, have experienced a bowl game and exactly what that means. And so certainly there's an adjustment in terms of, hey, how do I prepare for this versus a different game? And then, you know, one of the biggest challenges is this is a completely foreign opponent. I mean, anytime you're playing a Big Ten team, you can at least not only either one, you've played this team previously, so you have some real experience in terms of, hey, I know this D tackle is going to do this. I know this linebacker does this. Or you at least have, you can kind of play six degrees of separation or the kind of the transitive property of blocking, as, as I guess what I'll call it, Matt, where you can say, hey, I, we've not played this team. We've not played, say, you know, Penn State this year. But if I see the Purdue offensive line play somebody from Penn State and we we're preparing for Penn State, I can say, 
I can make some conclusions about what I think is going to happen. Now you're watching USC, you're watching Oregon, you're watching UCLA. We have no context for, again, from a purely offensive perspective, how those offensive lines are in comparison with Cal's defensive front. So it just kind of presents some challenges, a little more studying, but ultimately it'll, there'll be a little feeling out process on both sides early in the game. Martin O'Donnell is with us. If you have any questions here at the Esquire, let me know. I'll get a microphone to you. The phone line is open as well. 356-9397 is the number. That Rose Bowl trip, one of the things I remember away from the game itself is Those the, are the, good parts. the work of the, uh, the chips, the California Highway Patrol, remember, on the uh, escorts of the the police escorts and the way they whipped the buses through uh, traffic in L.A. Yeah, they sure did. It, it's no easy task trying to get a couple, you know, four buses moving, you know, I can't even remember. What are the names of the exp- – I-5? Is that a – no? Ten. I-5 is a big yeah. one. Ten. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just throw out a number. I'll go with it. Um, no, that, that was a big deal, obviously. And, and, again, it was kind of moving, you know, I think we stayed in Century City in Los Angeles – and it was at least a 45-minute drive with an escort to where we were practicing. So I think things are a little bit more condensed uh, for the team. I think they're only practicing two times uh, out there in San Francisco. But I, I, it, the, at the end of the day, from my perspective, as we weighed possible bowl destinations, I wanted the team to have to go to the most fun destination. I think the Bay Area is a great part of the country. They're going to have an opportunity to go and spend some time and go to Alcatraz and do some other things there. I think I think they will have a really good bowl experience, but first and foremost, you know, I hope that they come home with a bowl trophy. Do, do, you, do you think the players just have to almost take the mindset of treating this like a road game in the sense, especially since it is in Kyle's backyard? But I'm thinking, thinking more from just a travel perspective and – you know, being out there and, and experiencing what they, they normally do. Yeah, I, it's certainly more of a road game than a home game, obviously. But, it, you know, again, it's something that's anomalous. It's, it's something we're not used to around here the last five years, which, which is a bowl game. You have to treat things differently. And so it's going to be somewhat advantageous to go, you know, and I think Illinois fans will be at the game. But I think, you know, somewhat the, the worst case scenario as a player is to play somewhere that's strictly neutral, where – it's kind of dead. There's not a lot of noise, not a lot of excitement. But I think if you're playing more of a road game, then you can draw energy from kind of the opposing fans that are there rooting against you. And so in some ways, I think it's almost good from that perspective. You know, assuming Cal brings some people. I know Illinois has a fantastic presence in the Bay Area. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking bowl football. Martin O'Donnell, former Illini All-American, now a member of our broadcast team. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. You're welcome to join us. We'll take a break and be back with more here on DWS in just a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Last time in 2019. As Matt said, we'll be back in 2020 through, what, the first... Monday in April, maybe the second Monday in Champion, April. Championship Monday, whenever the NCAA tournament men's basketball title game is. That will be our, our final show here at the Esquire before we take a little break and come back for the 2020 football season. Scott Ritchie is off. He covered the game down in uh, St. Louis, as did you, Bob. Did you enjoy your time down there? I love that game. I really do. It's, it's so, much, so much fun. Now, if you can get the Illinois players to love the game. Uh, yeah, they didn't seem to love it as much as I did. But we were center court. Scott nor did they were, love it as much as Missouri players did. No, they looked like, like they really cared. So I, I don't know what's going It's kind of a bad little spec there for Illinois because 
Northwestern football didn't go well either. Like that, like that team didn't want to be there either. So two kind of bad games in big games for Illinois. Don't bring up Northwestern. I'm sorry. <laughs> Leave well, that in the past. Well, you, be, you beat them, right? What would you do against them? I did. Yeah. How many times? All's well that ends well. How many times? Yeah, but I know Martin Once. well enough Once. that uh, I know how he really feels about Northwestern, and I know how he, the mood he was in when he left the press box there just about a month ago. You weren't a happy camper. Not a happy camper. No. You're smiling now, though. Well, you smile through the pain sometimes, Matt. <laughs> That's what we do. And that was the game. Because we're going to a bowl game. That's why I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. With a chance to get to seven wins. But uh, that was a better chance, maybe, to get to seven wins against Northwestern. Then you're going out there with a, a winning season already insured. But that, I mean, you can't change that. That's done. So you've still got a chance to go out there and do that. The results of the bowl game in the big picture, how important is it to win that game? Or is the bigger item... Being there, I, I think the I, I think the the biggest step for this season was certainly going to a bowl game and everything that that kind of entailed. And you know, obviously, you're going out there, you want to win the game, you want to ensure yourself a winning season for the first time since 2011. I think you know that's that would be another nice step. Um, but you know, I think ultimately the the biggest thing here is now as you look at this season. I mean, bowl games are exhibitions. There's you know you can make the argument for or against you know momentum in terms of college football and recruiting and whatnot. But you know, I think obviously right now, I think you know my eyes certainly turn to the 2020 football season and kind of what that means. And I think it's really important for for Lovey Smith and this staff and this team to really take a big step next year. So you know, I think obviously the goal is is to win that game because you're able to propel yourself forwards uh, in recruiting. You can recover if you don't, but certainly, um, you know, I think a lot of it will be interesting to see, you know, obviously who is out there suited up for the Illini uh, during the game. You know, that was certainly a factor in the Northwestern game. It's not an excuse. It is sometimes a reason. Um, this is a different offense with Brandon Peters under center. It's a different team with Brandon Peters under center. So um, I think the most important thing is to go out there and, uh, and, and for them to really show well. And, and, again, they'll have a national platform on which to do it. The fact that Brandon Peters is scheduled to be one of the speakers at the press conference tells me he's probably playing because you wouldn't do that if he's not going to play. So I figure he's playing. What do you think about the rest of the team? Who's going to be there? Who's not going to be there? And how important is you know, are there some guys that you really cannot afford to be missing? No, I think obviously, you know, Brandon Peters is a big piece. He's a big piece. He, I agree. He's a really huge piece, obviously, the, the, the difference that he's able to make. You know, Josh Amador Baby is a big deal. Right. If he's there and Doug Kramer, I mean, Doug Kramer wound up playing. You know, I think you wound up only playing 11 or 12 snaps against right. Northwestern. I mean, that's an all-Big Ten different caliber team center. It's him, a different right. team. You wind up having to move over Kendrick Green from guard and slide him into center. You bring Jake Cerny in to play the other guard position. So, you know, I think in warm-ups or the first time we'll really know what, what Bebe's doing and what Kramer are doing. And so certainly we'll be able to test some of that depth and the ability of this Illinois team to adjust. Hopefully, if is not able to play, hopefully some of these other guys, you know, that have been banged up this season, like a Dominic Stampley who was banged up down the stretch. Right. You know, some of the guys that are a little further down the depth chart um, who wound up not really being available that last game against Northwestern. Kendra Green said that, J- that Kramer is kind of the brains of the whole operation. And he said he's kind of kept everything going. Do you see that? Yeah, certainly. I, I think your, your center, obviously, from a purely mental perspective, is the biggest piece of your offensive line. And when you have a guy like Doug Kramer that, you know, lives and breathes Illinois football and right. has really been able to not only do that but play at an all-Big Ten level, I mean, I, you know, Doug was one of my all-Big Ten selections. I think he did a fantastic right. job, you know, as good if not better than every other center in the Big Ten this season. Um, that's a big loss if he's not able to go. But at the same time, Illinois has – pretty good offensive line overall and you gotta you gotta test some of that depth at some point if, I, if i'm daily harding 
I'm going against, uh, not going against, but playing on the other side as an All-American linebacker, I would be very motivated. Would you think he'd be really fired up to play well and show everybody, hey, I'm as good as the guy over there? Yeah, I, I think anytime you go into a game and you're playing against somebody at a similar position that is more – uh, you know, gets more hype than you right. do. You know, and I certainly – you look at Weaver, he's number one in the nation in right. total tackles. Number two is Dele Harding. Right. You know, I, I think Dele's going to look at this as an opportunity for him to make a statement. And, and he's really been underrated, I think, from a national perspective this season. The shame for him, and I, I go back to his first year, 2016, he played. He shouldn't play. He shouldn't have played. He probably should have registered. should be to come back next year. He even said that. He said, I wish – you know, in hindsight, I wish they could have the year back. That happens all the time, but it really unfortunate for him because next year, if he's come back, he'd be thought of as the Buckus, you know, premier Buckus. Well, we have a Buckus semifinalist, Jake Well, that's Hansen. true. So he'd have two of them. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Going, back to, like going back to Brandon Peters for a second, I guess, Martin, what were your expectations when he announced back in mid-June that he was transferring to Illinois? And now that you've been able to go through a whole season of seeing him, operate the Illinois offense, how has he lived up to those expectations at all? You know, I, to be honest, I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for him when he committed. I mean, I'd seen him from time to time at Michigan when he was rotating their quarterback. But, you know, I, I think it's really easy to appreciate him a lot more in the absence of him. And I think, you know, Brandon Peters, obviously, there, I mean, there are several throws that I can think back on this season where those are some of the best balls that I've seen an Illinois quarterback throw in at least five years, six years. I mean, probably back to Nathan Shieldhouse. I mean, he throws a really nice ball, and I think the other thing that really impressed me was his mobility and, and his ability to make some of those runs, um, just kind of the zone read and some of those keep reads um, in really clutch situations. And then I think it, it kind of on a, another perspective as well, I think he really provides kind of a quiet fire to the offense that they miss when he's not there. I mean, you know, he'll be out there and he'll be talking trash a little bit against Michigan State or some of these other teams. Um, and I think you got to have you got to have a quarterback that I mean he's kind of the ideal from a, a personality perspective where he's a cool customer he's very calm but at the same time when you got to have somebody to get fired up if your quarterback is doing that that really lights a fire under the entire offense. Talking Illinois football with Martin O'Donnell. Feel free to join us if you like. You do a weekly video Thursday walkthrough right with Levy Smith. I do. Speaking of guys that are are pretty cool and collected. And talking about Martin, right? I am. Thank you. Thank you. And your guest. I don't know who's the guest and who's the host on that show, but you're, you know, you're obviously the quarterback, and he is whatever. He's playing along with you. I'm, I'm playing point guard. He's just trying to keep up. Yeah. I know. But some of the questions that you come up with that you put a lot of thought into, and they're not all football questions, do you try to try to get him – thinking along the ways that he might not have been thinking of otherwise going in? My 100% goal anytime we do the Thursday walkthrough um, is to try to catch him off guard and make him really uncomfortable. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm more successful than others. Um, you say put a lot of thought into it. It's probably not an accurate statement. Uh, there are some times where something comes to me. There are other times where I wind up having to Google deep philosophical questions. Um, and sometimes those wind up working. But, I, you know, I think... Anything I try to do is my experience with Lovey Smith is that the person that he portrays to the media and press conferences and in interviews is different than the person on a one-on-one -on -one level. And so what I really try to do is just try to bring a little bit more of that piece of him out to the public. And I think sometimes he's reticent to do so. But um, as you can see, if anybody's seen those, those interviews and those segments, I mean, he's, he's more than game. He's more than a good sport. 
And, um, you know, he does have some interesting opinions on things. Bob, I would think that Martin might have a better shot at making Levy uncomfortable and getting away with it than you or I might have. But that's, I'm sure that's right. But I've, in one-on-one interviews with him, I found like what Martin just said is exa- exactly right. He's more, once you get him on a topic that he really cares about, he really is good about it. Uh, I've talked to him about, about politics, for instance. He's got strong opinions. Might not be what everybody else thinks, but he didn't care because he's been that way his whole life. So he really has things he really believes in. I was really interested. He, he's a non-drinker, which I thought was, you know, kind of fascinating because I'm not, I'm one too. Not that it sounds like it, but I'm a non-drinker too, and I sort of get that. I always wonder why somebody was like that, and he kind of, I've talked to him about it. It's really interesting to talk to him about, about things that are not football related. So just how, Martin, how much do you think this season has just kind of not only rejuvenated, you know, Illinois fans and, and the football program, but just also maybe rejuvenated Lovey Smith as as a coach? No, I mean, I, I I hope it's kind of you know rejuvenated the fan base a little bit. Obviously, I think some people have a bad, you know, a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth with kind of how the Northwestern game went down. But I think at the same time, you can't let you know, a bad experience from one game really kind of color what I think was a was a fun season, and you had some really high highs. I mean, beating Wisconsin at home on homecoming when they're the number six team in the country on a last second kick is is pretty incredible. And uh, you know, I think Lovey Smith obviously is is a proud guy, and he's been working. He and his staff have been working really hard to create a program that you know Illinois fans can be proud of. And so, you know, I, I think he's going to – I think he's come out of his shell a little bit more. I think he's certainly, you know, more comfortable. I think he certainly obviously appreciates and understands the, the role that, that Illini fans have in the success of the program. And so I'm, I'm hoping, again, they, they use this as really kind of a stepping stone forward the 2020 season. You've looked, you've looked ahead. I've looked ahead. I count eight wins if they, everything goes well. Eight wins for this team would be a pretty big deal. Uh, is that crazy or is, that, is, that, is it possible? No, I, th- I think it would be a big deal, uh, and obviously I, I don't think it's crazy. And, you know, I think one of the things that I like about Lovey is coming into the 2019 season, the defense was the biggest problem. And what right. did he do? They he made himself it. defensive coordinator. Better, yeah. He bet on himself, and the, and the defense was able to respond. And I think one of the things that I like about him in talking about the 2020 season, and, and he has several times now, is basically saying, look, this team that we're going to put on the field in 2020 – is going to be our best team yet. Right. And so he's already – he's not running from expectations. You know, Lovey is, again, a very forthright person in saying, look, we've been building towards next season. Right. And we needed to take a step this season, and they have taken that step in terms of going to a bowl game. But, you know, I, I think the 2020 season sets up well. I think if you look at the non-conference, you have thing, right. you have teams at home, and then your Big Ten schedule, you know, starts out with teams, you know, some of which we've beaten this year, some of which, you know, like Nebraska, which we had a lead on and probably should right. have beaten should at have home. And so I, I think you can you can get excited about next season, but I'm I'm hoping that the bridge to that season is as positive as possible, and that's beating Cal. Yeah, the non-conference is pretty soft. Three games at home against bad teams from this year, so they should. Win Illinois those. State is not a bad team. They're they're a good team. They're at their they're level. FCS. They're at their FCS. level. Yeah, but Illinois has never lost an FCS school, so they're not going to lose to. Keep it rolling. They're not going to lose to Illinois State. But then they play UConn and Bowling Green, so that's yeah, two UConn and Bowling three Green. wins. Then Rutgers out there, they'll yeah. be better. But I, I seriously, the only game I'd say Illinois is a huge underdog is Ohio State, and that's the only one. No, I, I think if you look at the Big Ten West this season, really the only game they weren't competitive, you know, was against Minnesota, right? And would certainly look for them to re- to rebound there. Um, but I, I think 
in order for Illinois to take the next step, they got to win more of those games. And again, right. I'm okay with them scheduling not as elite opponents in the non-conference because you're playing nine Big Ten conference right. games. I mean, the SEC plays eight conference games. Right. You know, the They're ACC. soft. Yeah, well, okay. Wimps. <laughs> Wimps. Play more. I'm not talking about the Big I like the Big Ten playing nine. Pac-12, nine. If, you if you're Illinois right now, you should you should schedule yourself, you know, as strong as possible odds in terms of getting through going three and zero in the right. non-conference. Yeah, absolutely. And sure. they didn't do that this year. I mean, Eastern no. Michigan, you know, they're going to a bowl game. You know, lost that game, which hopefully I think was a little bit of a turning point. But you know, if Illinois can do that next season, then you have the Big Ten West teams you have coming in. You have Rutgers. Right. Uh, you got to play at Rutgers, but I, I think those are it, it sets up about as well as you can expect. Right. In the Big Ten West, and really with the team and the experience that, that Lovey Smith and Illinois is going to field next year, I certainly expect for them to improve on their record. And all the players coming back and look forward, and all these guys, they should be a lot better. No, this is great. You and Mart, Bob, you and Martin are just having a conversation. <laughs> me and well, remember, I used to cover him. When was playing. Uh, I'm sure. Did, did, Martin, did you ever get tired of answering Bob's questions when you were playing? He was great during his time here. No, we didn't talk all that much. Okay. No, I, I only got. He was put more into focused on Juice and Jay Layman. Yeah, all the, okay. all the shiny guys. I only got put into damage control mode as a senior. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't want me. They didn't want me talking after we beat Ohio State or or after we beat Penn State. But no, I, See, I, I, got, and, I got I got I got tapped in against Iowa when we lost like seven to three. Or I spent a day was. with you in in Downers. I wouldn't spend a day with you up there. Remember this or not? High yeah, school I'm not senior. a fan of the headline you used. What did I do? I didn't do it. I don't, you know I don't write the headlines. But <laughs> That's what every reporter what, says. What is, oh, it's true. <laughs> what, every reporter, what, what is that? You call me a phenom. <laughs> well, that's it took right. me like three years to live that down on <laughs> campus. Hey, that's, you were a phenom. I, I probably would I probably would have written that. No offensive lineman should ever be called a phenom. Well, what the, well, the, the, bad, t- the bad part about college football is, is the quarterbacks and running backs, the skill guys, they're the ones that get all the headlines. Sometimes they are the worst talkers on the team. Right. And the, the go-to person for the media to talk to is offensive Always. linemen. And no offense to your position group, though. The average fan doesn't really want to hear what the left guard has to say a lot of times. They're always the best talkers. But you guys always are. It, it's carried yeah. on even I mean, since Nick, you left. Thank you. Every yeah. guy, and you were a two-time All-Stater for us, which is a big, big deal. So that was probably well, why, that, why that was a big, yeah it was a big deal i think when i got named all state in the news gazette as a junior right i remember my coach john belskis who now yeah. i think he's at manuka just said it was it'd been a long time since you know in downer south which is where i went to high school we had some pretty good teams we right. were in a conference almost every year but we didn't have many news gazette all staters right. so that was it's a big deal that was me dude picking you on the team so big, well thank way. you bob sure <laughs> well, it was easy because you were free now anything else you want credit for no i was yeah you were free now so i was right well, he was <laughs> It turned out Bob was right because he predicted the phenom and three years all later. All-American. What are you talking about? You're first-team All-American, so you lived up to it. And yeah. now you get to sit right. up here with us two days before Christmas. Can't wait. Congrats. I'm, I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> You've got, uh, I know, three other people in your household are probably happier than you right now as uh, Christmas approaches your three young children. I'm not sure how your wife's hanging in there, but... Tell She's us. hanging in there. My wife, Emily's fantastic. And, yeah, our, our three-month-old Sean doesn't really know what's going on. You know, he's just rolling from diaper to diaper, but the other two are pretty excited. Well, he's got it made, doesn't he? He, he sure does. <laughs> he, he sleeps and has people change him. That's life goals right there. I mean, it's, When you're young, right, not when you're older. He's, well, yeah. Life's a circle. Have, they been, have, the kids been, have the kids been naughtier or nice? I assume nice, right? They've been good. They've been, they've been nice. Room for improvement, but they've been nice. We got we I got to keep them in order. Yes. I'm sure you have nothing to do with it, right? Speaking of keeping the order, we're going to do that right now and take a break. 
and be back. We'll talk some more Illinois football with Martin O'Donnell here at Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket. Plenty of bowl games that uh, can be watched here at the Esquire, many of which are in the books. Bob, you said you were going to watch every one. Tell me, how many bowl games have been played as of this moment? Uh, uh, well, there was one today already. I've taped it. Don't tell me the score. The Gasparilla. Don't talk the about bad, it. I don't uh, know the score. The Bad mower, Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers. Bad yeah. Boy Mowers. Gasparilla there were, there were, uh, There's been, let's see, like six or seven. Plus today's game. There were five or six nine. on Saturday. We're, we're going to go with nine. Nine, nine okay. <laughs> there were six, five or six on Saturday. They're a tenth of the way through the bowl and season. And how many of those did you I watch? Watched, I taped three of them. Well, I watched you, them when you I were watching basketball. I was, ba- I was at the basketball game. When I got back, I watched CSME when I got back because I want to see uh, Patrick Nelson. I watched uh, Boise State because I want to see Chris Peterson's last game. It's kind of pretty emotional. Good for them. They won the game. There was one other game. I taped three games. I knew I was not going to be able to watch a lot of them, so I didn't watch. I think there was an early game, and I didn't really care about it. What but about, I'm going to watch most of them. What about you, Martin? Do you watch many bowl games? You're busy with three young kids, so I don't know. To be honest, I'm watching more this year yeah. because otherwise, you know, when we're when, when Illinois is missing out on bowl season, I just don't want to be a part of it. You know, so I'd, I'd watch the playoff games. But I've been watching a few more, uh, just kind of bits and pieces of them, but nothing crazy. I'll certainly ramp up my watching, you know, when the Big Ten teams really kind of start playing. Just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a vested interest in the Big Ten other than Michigan. So, <laughs> well, like how Ten, you just drop that one in there just slightly. The Big Ten teams start playing on Friday, a couple of games, Michigan right. State in action. And, uh, uh, how do you, you think, Bob, how do you think Big Ten's going to fare in these nine games? There's some bad draws, but I think they'll be fine. There are, there are some draws that I say, ooh, that's not very good for the Big Ten. Iowa Southern Cal should be a great game. I like to watch that. Uh, I, I'll watch every one of those. Uh, Michigan State, do who? Wake Forest Wake, and the Pinstripe eh, It's kind of a, I don't care about that game, but I'll watch it. Watch Michigan State. I think Wake Forest is a little bit better. Um, I think the victory will be fine. Ohio State's got a tough draw. Uh, Clemson and Martin seeing that. They're defending national champs, not getting a whole lot of credit. They're undefeated. They're playing great. They had one bad game that knocked them down several spots for some voters. Really good. Really good. Great quarterback. Great team. So uh, that could be more the, of a competition than people think. Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, and Wisconsin are all favored. Right. Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, Indiana, underdogs. Todd Lindsay would say, beware of Memphis. So Penn State, you've been warned. Plus, I always root against Penn State. So, Got a Memphis fan here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Eli. just made Todd Lindsay's holiday. Well, he told me he likes Memphis. I like They're Memphis good. too. They're really good. Florida State like Memphis too. They, they, yeah. they pluck their coach. Not so, not so much. But yeah, Penn, uh, Penn State might be in trouble. Let's talk a little bit of recruiting here, real quick. Last week was signing day, Illinois, with uh, twelve players, but uh, none, at least at the moment, from the state of Illinois. Bob, talk about that issue a little bit, and I want to get Martin's thoughts on that as well. Well, Levy Smith said, and he's right, they offered 19 guys. That's a pretty good number. I think that's doing your job. And I think he just, again, the guys have different reasons for going places. Martin came here because he liked Illinois, liked the school. But he had great offers, too. You could have gone in a bunch of places. I think a lot of these guys had all their really good offers. So I'm less concerned for Illinois' sake. They got lost guys to, say, a 
Big Big Ten school or somewhere the Pac-12 or whatever. So I think they're okay. He's still trying to get the right guys. Yeah, it's an interesting situation because Illinois is never never going to be able to lock down and land every single player the, that is worthy of playing at a Big Ten school, especially in the Chicagoland area. But you know, Iowa's got five players from the state five, of Illinois. Five, all all skaters, <clears throat> and, and you know, some depth on the offensive line. And, and you'd have to think that it, at some point. You know, Illinois would just kind of luck itself into landing at least one or two players. And I know the class isn't going to be big as a whole, and they still have about six weeks or so until right. the next signing period on, on February 5th. And it looks like Jaden Thompson, a wide receiver from Naperville Central, is going to sign with the Illini, so they'll have at least one in-state kid. But it is a little concerning, I'd say, when you don't land a single player from your home state, especially a state like Illinois. It's not like a Nebraska or Wyoming or Montana where there's not that high quality level football there's a ton of talented players in the state and and for them to not even land one so far in the early signing window is a little concerning Nebraska is the only school not doesn't have a player from Minnesota State they're going to get two in the second period but they have none right now so that's the only school in Big Ten Matt pointed out there's no people there there's like five people there so and they're all named, they're all named Osmosen they too, are so. all named Osmosen <laughs> but I think the big thing long term I think Lovey recognizes you have to recruit Illinois really well, and I think he is. I think he's throwing people at it, he's throwing time at it, he's throwing commitment at it. But you got to pull some guys in. Maybe all the kickback, all the benefit from this year will come next year when they're in more homes with a bull team and all that stuff. I think that will help them. Was Ho- that, hopefully, Martin, was that a factor in your recruitment? Because I know you visited Nebraska. I believe you visited Stanford too. Is that right? Yeah. And there may have been somebody else you visited. I, I forget, but. The home, the lure of the home school, the home state school figure in your recruitment. Yeah, it did. I, th- I think the, the home state school obviously meant quite a bit to me. I mean, my family lives in Illinois, still lives in Illinois. Uh, you know, my, a lot of big portion of my extended family lives in Illinois. And I think a lot of it is about proximity, too. And I think you can, you know, obviously you, it's important to recruit the state of Illinois and try to get some of the top level talent that's here. But I think. You know, also, you, you can't really discount kind of the – I almost look at the, at the greater St. Louis area as kind of an extension of the state of Illinois. Yeah, and I, I think Lovey Smith has done a great job there, and we got a couple more guys coming from that area. Um, so I, I really look – and I, to be honest, you know, being from the Chicagoland area, Chicago is a tough market. It's a pro sports market. You know, th- there's not a whole lot of, you know, real – outward Illinois loyalty there. I think a lot of the Chicagoland area is very much wait and see in the terms of, you know, when Illinois is successful, they're going to jump on board and, and be hot and heavy. But when Illinois struggles, you know, they're going to divert their attentions to other aspects. And, and I, I do agree with Bob. I, I think a lot of this season will show itself in next year's recruiting class. I think they're going to have a bigger recruiting class just kind of given, you know, where the numbers are in terms of scholarships. But also equally as important, I think, they're going to have the Smith Football Center the entire offseason to recruit. Right. And before it was just hard hat tours and here's a rendering of this and here's a rendering of that. And now it's like, hey, we got a bowl team and here's an $80 million facility that's as good as anything in the country, and it is. And so you can come to Illinois and here's where your locker room is and here's where you're going to get your milkshake or your smoothie. It's not a milkshake. No. But, you know, you your, know what I'm saying? Your, like Your haircut in the barbershop. Your haircut the in the barbershop. You got a bowling alley. I mean, you have all these things where now it was more – they were selling a vision. Now they're selling what this program is today. And that's a bold program in a really good facility with a fairly stable coaching staff. And you're going to play for the University of Illinois. I'm a homer. It's the best university in the world. I mean, that's just what I believe. So I think they have a lot of really good things going for them. And I'm, I'm very much excited 
to see what the recruiting class looks like next year. But at the end of the day, I don't care where these kids come from. I'm happy that there are a lot of kids out there, in this case 12, that want to play for the University of Illinois. And at the end of the day, they're going to be judged at how they do you know, on the field and in the classroom four or five years in the future. I'll point out your Rose Bowl team had a lot of kids from Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. Especially from around here. Mm-hmm. Jay and I mean Brandon, Brandon and all these guys, a lot of people on this team. So it was important. I think if you're Illinois is going to win long term, they got to have the, a big share of the team from Illinois. And and they do have a decent they core do. from they the state do. of Illinois. I mean, you look at the offensive line. It, right. It's Vidarian Lowe, true. it's Alex Palcheski, Kendrick Green, That's Doug Kramer. I mean, eighty percent of your offensive line, which good is point. very much the same way it was. For the Rose for you Bowl, guys, yeah. it's 80% of yeah. the offensive line and an Illinois legacy at center, which sounds familiar. You know, I mean, I, I think this team has a core, and you're not going to hit all your metrics in every single recruiting class. Right. But it's how does this class fit with last class, and how does the next recruiting class fit with this class, and are you filling up your needs? I think they did a pretty good job of, of filling up some of their needs. But do you have a thought? Maybe you do too, Bob, or, or not. I don't know. But Bob's got Bob a always has thoughts. <laughs> wow, that's Bob's mean. Bob's got a thought on everything. True, that's true. I, I meant a relevant thought uh, yeah. about why <laughs> this seemed to be difficult this year for Illinois football. Now, I think 16 players from the state of Illinois went to the Big Ten, uh, uh, other Big Ten schools. I don't know if that's a yeah, normal the, number. Or, I think it's the down year, though, generally. I, I talked to some people that know recruiting really well. I don't know it very well, and they said basically it's it's there's not a great it's not a great year. Next year's a great well, year. Well, and I think what it, it's not alarming just because this is one class. It would be more right. alarming if this was three, four, five straight classes. But right. you know, Iowa's got a defensive back from Decatur. Um, right. You know, the Lincoln Way East, which has strong ties to the Illinois program. Nick Allegretti played there. Rob Zovinar is our coach is from Monticello. Right. Their top player, A.J. Henning, is going to Michigan. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, it need, Illinois needs to kind of oh, make yeah. some inroads in terms of landing guys, not just from the Chicago area, but there are other pockets of the state. You know, Lena Winslow is a great program in northern Illinois that's far away from Chicago. They've got a lineman going to Iowa. Iowa. Uh, so it, it, there are good players throughout the state, not just, you know, north of I-80. No offense, no Martin. No offense, yeah, Martin. But None taken. <laughs> it, it's I live in Champaign now. <laughs> And true, Lovey Smith has made inroads in the St. Louis area, which, you know, in, under previous coaching staffs, that was not a focal point, and they're getting guys from that that pipeline to, to come up here. But I go back to what I said last week on Sports Talk when I asked about it too. You know, recruits these days, there's so much hype and so much buildup, even more so than you played, and you know, it's easy for them, I think, to get their heads kind of inflated because all they hear is all this great talk about them, you know, leading up to signing day, and then when they come to camp. They're just a freshman. They may be fourth or fifth on the depth chart. Practices are hard. Workouts are hard. They're calling home. They want to go home. Home is 2,000 miles away in Florida. It's a lot easier, I think, for a kid who's from, you know, within driving distance of Champaign to just stick it out and and make something in their career. Not to say that every out-of-state player is, you know, soft per se or whatever, but it's easier if a kid's from Bloomington and they're going through a tough time. Mom and dad can come over, get them on the phone. They can go home for a little bit. The phenom stuck it out, yeah, right? Yeah. The phenom stuck it out, became an All-American. He's got a plaque over there. I've seen <laughs> he, it. He stuck it out. He never <laughs> left. They're right. He liked it so much, he's going to be here forever. <laughs> right? He was found that uh, he might have a future in banking and radio. Quick question about your radio career, Martin. And I, thanks to the video work of our colleague Scott Beatty and Ed Bond this year, most people could hopefully have seen <laughs> Your celebrations yeah. uh, in the win against Wisconsin and Michigan State. Yeah. 
Do you think through these beforehand, or you just kind of go in the moment? Have you ever listened to me on the radio? Yeah, there, I have. There's not a lot of thought that goes into much <laughs> of that. No, I think it's I, you know I I try to be genuine and I try to just react like any Illinois fan. And you know the, the thing that I loved about Wisconsin so much was that that was going to be definitive one way or the other because we have so many games where it's well and you know if we if we make this kick then it's overtime. But you know we're down by two and either we're going to win or we're going to lose on that kick. And so that was. I was I was just happy for that. I was sick to my stomach, but I was happy to get a conclusion. Um, and then Michigan State was just kind of unbelievable the whole way through. Like I literally couldn't believe it until Bebe or until Daniel Barker caught the pass in the back corner of the end zone. Um, but no, I think it's fun. You know, and Ed Ed Bond, you know, expert cinematographer himself, you know, <laughs> provides an alternate angle for some of this. But no, I I I don't think about. I mean, I I prepare for the games, but then I just try to go in and react. I mean, Brian's the one that. Do you, know, you have, do, you, do you and Brian have any post-game discussion about those moments at all, those signature calls? Or is it just like, all right, I'll see you in the next game? No, I mean, it's just kind of, you just kind of punch in, punch out. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know at the time. We didn't know at the time it was really recorded on video. Well, having chance to play-by-play myself, signature calls, you can't, you can't think them out. You can't do it. It's just, uh, you've got to go with, and some are good, some are not as good, but... Uh, they're more genuine that way. Well, and the thing, too, with radio is you can't just – it's not like TV where a moment like that's the announcers can just not talk for a while. Radio, you've got to fill the airwaves. Well, I didn't talk either. I just kind of yelled. Just screamed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there screamed. wasn't a whole lot of – wasn't much articulation there. Is that how you celebrated after Ohio State as a, as a player? Pretty much. Okay. Oh, they screamed live. <laughs> we are out of time here on our last uh, Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire of 2019. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Appreciate all you folks. Have a Merry Christmas. All season long. Have a Happy New Year as well. Happy holidays to everybody. Martin, thank you. Thank you, Martin. I'll see you in San Francisco. I'll be there. On WDWS in Champaign-Urbana, thanks to Ed Bond, Tamara McDaniel for their help on the show tonight. This is Steve Kelly for all the guys. Talk to you soon.